Hello. Welcome to Twin Troopers Podcast. My name is Jake. And I am Eric. Jake, happy Sunday to you. Woo, Sunday. It's not going to be Sunday when this goes out, probably. No, probably not, but that's okay. It's Sunday morning. We've got our coffee, and we're talking the IA Continuity Project. Heck yes. Because you're in on it, and I'm excited about it. So, And I think it it deserves some air. needs to breathe. I also, you know, I want people to... If this is going to be the future, we need people to adopt it. So it's good I agree. I, I really hope that this, well, I hope that there is a future for this game. Uh, if it's this, that's great. Then I'm in on it. If it's uh, not this, but there's still a future, I also want in on that. Right, right. So, but first we should start out. Our first topic today was, um, so the whole reason we're kind of doing this episode, which we missed on the last episode by, I think just a few days or so. It was pretty close when we recorded, but Imperial Assault, no more physical products. That is... Yeah, that was announced uh, during celebration. Yeah, you and I were, I was waffling here because I was like, is there a source for this? Like, because I can't, because now I'm sitting here trying to figure out, it's like, okay, well, the game's not technically canceled entirely because they're still going to put out digital products. And, but also it's like, now there's no more physical products, but are they still going to put out like, are they still going to rotate maps? Are they still going to be... They did announce the new map rotation. Mm. So I think they're going to continue doing that, but I don't think they're going to be putting out, there's no new figures, no new cards, but I think they're going to continue putting out the cool skirmish map. I could see, I could see them doing that since it's probably not that really of an expensive thing for them to do. Right. Right. I mean, they, if I remember right, they just print them up in the, in the Roseville area or, or is that main? I don't know. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they are printed like, there's something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Locally, they don't have to ship it over from China. Right. And that's why we always had them so early here and basically no one could ever get them anywhere else. Right. They're at the FFG center and nowhere else. So yeah. sorry, everybody else. But yeah, so it led me all these questions. Are there going to be more maps? Are they going to still rotate maps? Like, But sounds like they might still be doing it. Are there still going to be uh, like events? Like, is there going to be organized play events? Yes. Like, so... Things like that, regionals, that stuff. I don't see why not. They haven't uh, in the past when they end OP for a game, they would they announce it pretty far in advance of mm. this will be the last tournament season, right? And haven't they so, announced some prizes already as well? They've announced the uh, the new OP kit, like the the seasonal kits with uh, with like you know the alt art cards that you get just for participation basically and basically it's they're trying to get more people to come into stores to play the campaign as well right right uh so we don't need to dwell on this too long but i was gonna ask uh did you have any theories about what ultimately brought imperial assault you know to this point to the to the because i was gonna frame this around uh when the vader fix and han fix you know came out of the empire yeah, when Heart of the Empire came out, I remember like doing some testing and being really optimistic about where the game could go. Now, maybe that didn't translate into a lot of sales, but at least from like a creative headspace type approach, I was like, wow, there's a lot of space for them to do to improve this game and in not in a very expensive way. Like you don't need to print, you don't need to make more models or figures. I mean, I know they want to sell more models and figures, but... Right, they could have done a lot of interesting design things that would have made. Right, the well, they could really print good. up a card for ten cents a piece and sell them off for a buck. For like, yeah, right. I was gonna say probably for like fifteen bucks, sell like yeah. five cards for fifteen bucks, <laughs> something like. that. But yeah, like just crazy profit margins, right? On right. Uh, on just redesigned cards. 
Yeah. But uh, but so I think I have a few theories of what uh, why IA is uh, is dead. Let's hear them. Uh, so I think the first is that the they were unable to find a contract renegotiation with Hasbro uh, where they mm-hmm. could continue making Imperial Salt. That might be uh, true. The, well, and yeah. can you flesh that out a little bit what we think? Well, what is going on? Because like Hasbro, right, owns the rights to Star Wars board games. Is that true? Yes. And okay. FFG owns the right to Star Wars RPGs and Star Wars miniatures games. Mm, yep. Imperial Salt is like kind of like is apparently in a legal gray area as to whether it's a board game or a miniatures game. Yep. So they reached a compromise where uh, FFG could make it, but they could not sell it on their website or sell it officially. So like when I went to Gen Con 2015 uh, and they were pre-selling uh, Twin Shadows at the time, like three yeah. weeks before release, mm. they told me that I had to go to some third party like uh, game store booth, uh, like a few booths over to pick up the new Imperial Salt stuff because they literally couldn't even sell it at the FFG booth at Gen Con. Mm, yeah. So there's obviously been a lot of, a lot of legal confusion around what this game's going to be. Right. So that's one theory is that mm. it might be something to do with that. Uh, I'm going to discount that because of the fact that they're continuing to make app campaign content. Right. That means right. They, they're still like able to, they're still legally able to make Imperial Assault content. Sure. And if anything else, you'd think that the app campaign is veering if they're going to keep doing the app campaign that's veering more into the board game space than what traditionally would have been the miniatures space right absolutely so yeah but absolutely so uh, another thing is that they just didn't have the uh designers available because they have been uh they've recently announced if i remember right new descent content Mm. which would mean that and because ia and descent had the same uh development teams if they're working on new descent, maybe even a 3.0 or something, then mm-hmm. uh, which has not been announced, I'm just BSing off the top of my head. Yep, if there's yep. a new descent on the way, uh, yep. then that would take the Imperial Salt designers away from Imperial Salt. Yeah, that's exactly my theory as well. Is that Imperial Salt just ended up kind of having a headspace, I guess, problem like a, almost like a brain drain type issue of that. Right, the original designers, I'm pretty certain, were long even by the time i started playing i think the original designers were off the game is that yes. right to you so yeah, that means so that yang had that, left and uh mixlish mixlish however todd was in yeah so the original designer gone someone was put on it after the fact right yes and now i think anyone who's creative probably can relate to like there is, I'm sure there is some like enjoyment out of being the steward of Imperial Assault, but even if you're the steward of someone else's project, you ultimately would like to be the author of your own game, right? I'm, I'm assuming if you're a game designer, you want to make your own game, right? You have ideas. Right. That you you have the creative impulse. And so then the question is, who would want to pick up Imperial Assault if, assuming that, you know, Todd, who was the designer for a while, would not want to do it forever, right? And well, if, I mean, FFG, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say, like in this in this corporate context, you do you work on whatever games you're uh, asked to work on. But very, very true. But I mean, I would I would argue, I guess, like that. I'm I'm I would imagine there's a certain amount of cooperation between right between your management and the designers, right? Of, right. Like, you're not you're not gonna tell your designers to work on a game they absolutely hate because that's a good way to have your designer go to a new company. 
Sure, right. But I, I just think there would probably, and it's not like there is an app. So this is the second part of it. There wasn't an absence of other projects, right? They're doing Legion, X-Wing 2.0, possibly Descent 3.0. And so it's like, who's going to be the steward of the flag bearer of Imperial Assault? And it's like, there's just probably was no one there who wanted to do that. And so no one really, and, and I thought this kind of was just telling in how they were treating the game for the past year or so, right? It's like, there's just no one, there's no word on what's going on with the game. It's like, it's like there's just no one who even really cared about it for a while, like within the company, is how it felt to me. Right. And like we're uh, not going to cancel it, but we're not announcing anything. And that's because we're not thinking about it. It's not, we're, it's not in our headspace right now. We're, we're, we're thinking about these other games and no one's really considering it. All that, right. all, all, all that hard. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of new content on the way for the RPG. The, uh, the, and then I think uh, then we'll just go straight to the elephant in the room, which is Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So where the Legion and Imperial Assault uh, from a 30,000 foot view kind of scratch the same itch of a troop level Star Wars miniatures game. Yep. Yeah. So, a little bit uh, of crowding out. Yeah. So a little bit of crowding, a lot bit of crowding out, like uh, <laughs> some some people who are former co-hosts on this podcast who will not be named uh, and a bunch <laughs> of other people jumped ship to uh, jump ship to Legion. So that that might have something to do with it, where they want to just sink more of their resources into the hot new thing, right? Yeah, especially the hot new thing that's getting Clone Wars content, and I'm so jealous. I yeah, might yeah, have to like cool. go back in, but mm. with what money? And uh, yeah, and part of that too, I would think as well. It's like I'm sure also FFG only has so. There could be that internally there was no interest, but it could have also literally just been like, hey, we have all these other projects and we need all hands on deck. And I'm assuming that, I mean, a company like that's been operating for a long time, like Asmodee and FFG, like I'm assuming they're pretty careful about like the excess capacity of designers, right? Because if you hire a designer, you're also committing to, if you hire a designer to make a new game, you're basically committing to, well, we're going to have to put like some sort of marketing resources, production resources, like testing, like there's gonna be all these other things that I have to commit to. So I should never have an oversupply, like a too large supply of designers. Like they should probably be right. Cause they're going to determine all my downstream costs more or less. Right. Like, yeah, so I would never, I would never overhire designers. So if it was all hands on deck for these other projects, they're just like, it's what? cheaper to overwork the ones you have than to sure. hire whole new ones at a whole new salary. Right. Well, and just like, if you have these other pressing projects, it's like a SAR, like Imperial assault, like no one's going to be on it. It has to suffer just for that because we're not going to just hire someone else to work on Imperial assault for a while and then not have any other plans. Yep. So I, I think that hits, I don't know if you have any other theories, but that was my main theory. And I was, I figured you'd hit on it in your list. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that, that's, I mean, yeah, those, uh, I think those are all have something or like some, some amount or another to do with it. So, but, uh, but the exact mix uh, is not known to us at this mm-hmm. time. Well, maybe, you know, I guess this is the one, this would be the most direct reason if, but we don't know this information or I don't know this information is uh, sales. I don't know what the sales were like for the game. I'd assume That's also a good question. Yeah, yeah. And I'd assume they actually aren't that good, but I would here's the thing that I think would be valuable is that they are pr- probably predictable. I was going to say like they're you, probably not bad either, but Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd I'd imagine they like could predict pretty reliably like eh, here's the income you're going to expect from a certain expansion. Like and that's and you're right. not going to probably get a lot more than that. So 
Right, because because uh, like we we have a pretty small uh, community of skirmishers, but there's all those people out there who just like pick up and play campaigns for the heck of it. Right, right. So, you know, it's it's definitely possible that they would look at a product like Imperial Assault and be like, you know, like we're not losing money on it, but I mean, I think a lot of people forget to look at you know business this way. It's like okay, we're looking for the maximum return on an investment. So like a very small predictable return isn't always good enough. So that I, I could see Imperial Salt possibly falling into that space of product where it's like, you know, we might get like, maybe we get like a 1.5, you know, a 1.5 times our investment back. Like we get a small, right. we get like a fairly small like benefit profit here. margin. Yeah. yeah, like a small profit margin. Or we dump all these resources into Legion, which is going to have, you know, like 10. All new, the hype train. Yeah. Tons of hype, 10 new products and another wave of new products. And, you know, it's. Uh, it, that would make sense to me. That would be, that's not crazy. That's it. Absolutely All right. not. <laughs> All right, but let's get on to happier things. We're talking the IA continuity project today. And we wanted, we kind of talked about it a little bit last time, but today we're going to try and go more in depth because you and I, you came over for a lovely dinner. You were a great guest, brought beer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we had kind of a long-ish conversation. We talked through a bunch of the changes and I just thought that would be a good thing for us today to do today and we can kind of get more in depth and i kind of like it because you're on the inside and i'm on the like i'm not part of this i'm not designing any of the cards but i have a lot of opinions about them so <laughs> good i think about imperial assault a lot or i you know <laughs> have thought about this game a lot so it's i uh, i think this will be a good discussion so absolutely on, go ahead you want to you want to take I'm, just, I'm sorry i just yeah. took over so oh don't worry about it uh so i just wanted to like i, I talked a little bit about this uh in the last episode but i just wanted to go into a little more, more detail of what our design, like, uh, so I'm on this, what we're, we're calling ourselves the steering committee. Yep. Uh, I'm on the steering committee and I just want to talk a little bit about our motivations here and what our goals are. Yeah. So, uh, so our design vision is to make more of the, uh, units that are already out viable first. So we're going to have a few seasons of recosting cards, seeing what the community likes uh, trying to bring more viability into, uh, like, bring more viable lists into the factions. Yep. And then eventually we want to uh, create custom units because we, uh, a lot of us have some really fun ideas. So, like, I have some ideas for stuff from Rebels. I really want to do a Clone Wars expansion. So, just mm. stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I like what you're doing so far because so so far in the design doc, I enjoy that it's been fairly um. Let, how do I want to say this? Conservative, I guess, in the changes, yeah, right? We're, we're, you, yeah, you we're didn't, starting conservative. You didn't lead with like, well, we're going to add a new unit to Rebels or something like a brand new unit. I mean, although Dial is close, but yeah, well, that's uh, that's going with our uh, our design mm -hmm. philosophy of bringing old units back onto the table, right? And so, do you have? So this is a question. So for the design vision, I guess it's kind of interesting, right? Because I could see, right, first goal being let's take the units we have, the ones that don't see play, and let's find a way to make them viable. Like, is that is that a first is that a first order change or like is that just that's our first order change? That's what we want done okay. first. Because yeah, it's kind of interesting, and this is this was something I always thought about for FFG. It's like you don't need to do the game right you actually don't need to do a lot of creative work for skirmish anyways like if you just make some just try some changes and i yeah i always said this was like 
I think people would respond really well, even to really modest point changes on some figures to even get them to try them. I right? mean, like, yeah, a lot of our changes this season are pretty modest. Yeah. And that's a great, and I think that's a great approach, right? Modest point changes just to get people to give those figures a shot. Absolutely. Even if, even if they're still, you, they could even still be overcosted, but you can just give them a chance. Like people might try a figure like, I'm trying to think of a good example. He's going to be in, um, we're going to have some of these figures, but like a figure like BT one, right? So if you're just like, you know, he might still be, he's six now, he might still be too much at five, but let's put him at five, see how it goes. We'll do the best. Yes. Um, but yeah. Okay. So then the next thing though, you're looking to add figures. Yes. So that's, that's in the future. Uh, right now we're looking at, uh, four, either three or four months seasons. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, mm. but these are going to be fairly long time where, uh, the, 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 uh, the method to our madness here, the, the process is that the steering committee launches a new set of changes. Yep. Uh, we have some initial uh, feedback surveys, and then we ask people to play test as much as they can. Yep, that makes perfect sense to me. And and then we have survey response surveys out where people can talk about the changes, what changes they used, uh, how they felt about them, whether they felt like the first question is, are these changes fun? Mm. And it's are these changes balanced? Mm. So and then it's going on a scale of not fun to very fun, and a scale from overpowered to underpowered mm, mm -hmm, and mm. we're shooting for very fun balanced <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm trying to think um so you've played games for a long time as have i yes. and i don't think i've ever played a game where even in what would be considered the most balanced of scenarios there are still naturally things that rise to the top like yes. lists or deck, you know, decks or whatever metas. There's right. still going to be the things that populate to the top of being the the most efficient, let's say, the most valuable list to bring. Yes. So they're like, do you guys have like kind of a goal of now? I think the way a lot of people determine those is like, okay, how many of those do you have, right? Because if you only have one, that's really bad. And I think that's obviously something that was a huge snapback against Specter Cell, right? Is that Yes. It basically just said like, well, here's one list that's the most efficient list and you might as well, if you want to maximize your chance of winning, you might as well not bring another list. Right. Now, that's, yeah. So that's, that's, what, that's the worst possible case. Yeah, that's what happened with Spectre Cell. That's what happened with 4x4 back in the day. Uh, so when mm -hmm. I, and then like that was kind of the Scum Hunters meta of, uh, of 2017 as well. Yep, yep. So, uh, so what we want to do is, so if we want to kind of look at it as a tier system where tier zero is overpowered, broken, tier one is like top tier competitive lists, uh, tier two is like things, and then like there's tier 1.5, tier two, where there's things that are technically good, but they can't beat the tier one lists on a regular basis unless there's a skill disparity. Right. So, yeah. uh, so in the Heart of the Empire meta, it was like, there was no tier zero list. The tier one lists were uh, IG Hunters, uh, Darth Vader with Palpatine, or Darth Vader and Jets. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and then Han Rangers. Then you had the tier 1.5, where you'd take some parts from the uh, tier one lists, but like mix them with some of the tier two units. Uh, so you get stuff like, uh, like uh, IG with double pirates or. Uh, Vader, Palpatine. Uh, I'd say I'd say Sith Lords was a uh, tier one point five list. 
but maybe I'm just uh, mm. lying to myself or <laughs> stuff like the double double, which was two sets of elite jets, two sets of elite riots, and you just win on pure efficiency. Yeah, I so this is kind of another just like little spin off here of the design vision. So have you guys thought at all about because, you know, sometimes like games will have a like a way that different styles of lists beat other ones, like kind of a rock, paper, scissors setup, right? So like yes. a, in a, a in like magic, right, you might have someone who plays a control deck, which gets beaten by an aggro deck because it's too fast for the control deck. And then an aggro deck gets beaten by a mid-range deck because a mid-range deck is more efficient than the figure, you know, the cards that an aggro deck plays and it can defend itself early on enough. And so it almost always beats an, ag an aggressive deck. And then like, and you know, so on and so forth. So like the control deck beats the other one. And so you've got this like trifecta of things. Now I thought Imperial Assault sort of has this in some ways. And this always like, cause right, you can build an objective focus list, a list that battles for objectives. Yes. Right back, kind of like, kind of like what the old, like what my old list used, the old list that I really enjoyed playing was like all the riot troopers, right? The riots and the jets was like sort of a, a objective, an objective could, list. Yep. You could hold lots of objectives. Um, so do you guys think you're going to have any plans to try and fold in? Like, are you going to try and also balance maps and mission types in a way that, cause I remember that list got way worse at one point once there, there's like a point in the rotation where basically all, it was basically all fighting maps. So that list yes. basically had almost no, it had no, no utility legs. anymore. Yeah. Right. It had no, let's say it had no, didn't have very favored map maps anymore. Right. To kind so, of balance out and punish someone who's like, well, I'm just putting all my points into like IG and some hunters. Right. So I don't have very many figures and they're kind of, they can't put themselves out there very efficiently. Right. So what, uh, what we're going to do is as long as FFG keeps rotating the maps, we'll use those. Mm, yep. However, uh, if FFG ever stops rotating maps, then we're going to start digging back through the backlog of all the maps that were never in rotation and yeah. move those out and then uh, and then like any of those that are suitable for uh, organized play and then after that we will uh, and then after that we will start going back into old maps uh, clearing all the objectives off of them and designing new objectives well that's like crazy the old I should say that's crazy that's ambitious <laughs> have you thought about even though because I know that we talked about kind of like conservative design philosophy have you thought about and maybe this isn't me, I haven't thought about it, so it's not really to put you on the spot or anything, but even just going back and saying, you know what, like maybe you should just make all printed maps that we have, unless there's like really egregious ones. I can't remember if there's really egregious ones, but maybe like make all printed maps are, you know, for tournaments in this format, you can use like all those maps are legal. I don't know, that might be insane. That would Probably turn, like that. that would like put a big crimp on tournaments to play because of the fact like it would just add a lot of time to it if everybody's building maps like like the old days it was terrible oh, you're right so i guess i'm being a little unfair because i'm imagining a world where most people just have the printed maps so you'd only i guess did i make this clear like you'd only do the maps where they're the the printed out maps like the pre-printed out maps that ffg did oh uh yeah we could we could work with that uh like, but there's no guarantee. Like, I only own, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I only yeah. own the ones from like 2018 on because before then I was just too cheap to do it. And then I, right. you know, got a real job. Yep. So, so that isn't actually necessarily a perfect solution, but that would be interesting, folks, seeing like, okay, what maps? Because that is kind of our, and also our that map. limits us a lot as well. So, I think what we'd want mm -hmm. to do is like, uh, is like have tile maps, but, on, but I, I think the three map rotation is a really good system. 
Yeah, I think so, so too. Keep actually. up with that where there's three maps, six missions possible right. at any one time. Yep. yep. I, I like that system, so I think we should keep that. But uh, mm -hmm. but this is like any changes to maps are like years in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to push it. I'm really just kind of poke poking and prodding about like what are you guys thinking about what's even on your radar. Right. Uh, last one I want to ask about though is that are there any other like high level mechanics changes you're thinking about making? Because I remember, so this is just an example. I remember at a testing session once, like one of the problems the designers had with Imperial Assault just in general, and this was from, I think Todd mentioned this because he didn't design the game obviously from scratch, was that a huge problem. And this actually gets addressed a little bit in your continuity project document. But one of the problems is that command cards don't have any resource associated with them. Yes. Sorry, you hit, this is what enables the problem of the hunter like combo of like height and reflex. The royal flush. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you draw an immaculate hand of uh, damage cards and you just say, blow like, someone uh, out. Right. So like what happened at uh, regionals recent, uh, the most recent Roseville regionals was I was up against Specter Cell. My own R focused uh, rushes in, knocks Kanan around, and attacks with all three hunter cards for like uh, for twelve damage for the kill. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So stuff like that. The gin yep. rummy, uh, somebody described it as. Yeah, totally. So, so, uh, so what we were what we were looking at is uh, what was the possibility of instead of the hunter card changes uh, that we have currently, uh, we are considering changing it to one card per timing window. So on it on declare, attackers get one card, defenders get one card. Mm, right. On modifications, attackers get one card, defenders get one card. Yep, that's in. It is interesting. Which is more of a nerf to attacks because defense has uh, this game is pretty offensively focused on the command card side, right? Which I think is good to like it helps reduce the uh, the you know take everything and uh, or helps reduce the everybody tanks everything and nothing actually happens on the board and everybody uh, falls asleep. Mm. Do you think that's a problem with the game now though, or is it? Uh, I guess maybe with Vader. Maybe I think that's a problem. Vader, well, okay, I can tell you from very hard experience that if you're not careful with Vader, even Vader, if you're not careful with him, goes down like a chump. Mm, yep, no, I, I believe that. Because, and I suppose there's a few different routes you, because there obviously is, you guys obviously understand that there's like some, there's some like larger problem with command cards that's not very, it's not very obvious how to solve it really. Because there's right. such I think a huge... Well, and I guess one of the problems, right, is that there's such a huge disparity in the best command cards to the most, to the worst, to the most mediocre ones that, at least I've always felt this was a problem with the game in some ways, right, is that there is a, I shouldn't say a huge amount of chance, but there is a big amount of chance just injected into the game based on like the first five cards you draw, right, can Absolutely. really, can really alter the direction of that and how is So I think that's kind of like that's so that's baked so hardcore into the game that if you were to try to change that you would be changing the game on a very oh, yeah. fundamental level oh yeah so, so it, it it turns it like so imperial assault is a minis game primarily but i think it's like 60 percent minis 40 percent card game or maybe 70 30 right but the right. fact that there's so much card game baked into the design you can't you can't take that out or uh fundamentally change it without like having to redesign the entire game from that, like you're going down to the bot, you're going down to the foundations of the game there, and then you have to rebuild everything from the top, from the bottom up from there. 
Oh yeah, I went. So I'm going from <laughs> baking say- uh, metaphors. <laughs> I'm going to go instead to a uh, architecture metaphor because I think that works better. Where the card game is in the foundation. So if you have to do foundation work, you have to uh, extensively redesign everything built on that as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So that sounds more like an IA 2.0, which is expressly not what we're doing. <laughs> That's FFG's job. They have the money. They have the time to do it. We don't. <laughs> it, uh, I, I do not envy the problem. I, I actually do. It's not really that big of a problem, but it would just be an interesting thing if you, after you got through all these other things you want to do, if you're like starting right. to think about, okay, what's the, what's some, what's some I way to do it? I think that's part of what makes this game uh, really interesting to me is that there uh, is so much hidden information versus other miniatures games I've played where there's no hidden, like there's no other hidden information. And that's actually what I really liked about uh, Warhammer Underworld as well is that everybody has a hand of cards that they're like, okay, I play this. Oh, crap. That messes mm. up everything, so it gives a little bit more of a the little bit more fun to it because, like, uh, it, like pure minis games like Legion or I've played Warhammer before, or even X Wing uh, have like it gets to the point where it if you look at a matchup, you can say that oh, this is predictable barring dice luck, like yep, it yep. is predictable yep. of where this is going to go. Mm. It's like this guy. Let's so it's like. Uh, like you can start trying to like pull your psychic uh, impression, say, all right, this ship is going to too hard. This ship is going to move forward. They're both going to shoot this guy. One, one last thing to bring up before we get sure. into the rules changes. Uh, have you guys thought about different uh, formats for the game? So like, imagine it this way. And this might, and this is not, this is not like solving a problem with Imperial Assault. This is just like a, can because right in some ways your project is twofold it's like fixing the game but also you need to find ways to how do we inject interest into this game right because i think you are a little bit fighting the continuity project is now going to be fighting against a little bit of a tide or you know a current of disinterest right all the time yes. um so i was i because again I've, I've been playing magic gathering arena which is a great version of magic gathering everyone but uh Magic has like all these different formats, right? So there's just obviously the normal meta games, which yes. is always going to exist. But then they have like things that like popper, like popper is a format in Magic where you can only use common cards. That's it. You can't yeah. use any rares or uncommons or any of that stuff. And I was one, or they also have like singleton where you can only use a unique copy of any card. You can't have, normally you could have four copies. Now you can only have one copy of any card. And it like drastically changes the way people build their list, right? And it kind of injects yes. a lot of life into these games. Yeah, so I've talked enough. I've talked a lot. (laughs) Eric, shut up and let me tell you something. I know. (laughs) Actually, uh, that's already being done on the Zion's Finest side. Uh, They have they had uh, what they called the Zion's Finest Imperial Salt Federation, which uh, had tier level, which was like based on wrestling, but it was just a way to have fun tournaments. Right. They had tier levels of heavyweight skirmish. Every uh, no bands. Then there's the middleweight, which is the queen pieces. They called them are banned. So IG, Han, and Vader. Mm. And Spectre Cell was banned. Uh, and then you get down to the lightweight, where no queen pieces. no. Uh, and then like they banned a couple other high-level cards. Uh, and then there's also there's the No 16 format, which last year was a lot of fun. This year they're gearing up to do again, which is any car, any command card, any deployment card that was in the top 16 of Worlds, banned. And you have to mm. work with what you got from there. So like there are there are stuff like that and we might be uh we what we're trying to do is 
in the first sets of changes, we're going to just try to bring as many units back into the general game as possible. And then from there, and then leave it up to the community to come up with variants if they want to. Yep. That's going to do a lot of work. Yeah. I guess my only, it's not really a big criticism of that, but my only like semi-criticism would be that, do I sound different? Sorry. I just had like this moment of, I feel like I sound different. You're fine. In, In my headphones. Uh, I guess I would look for just though, I'd be really interested in, you know what, honestly, the new units are going to do a lot of heavy lifting early on, but I do think it would be nice to get like more elegant, let's call it elegant formats in there. Because I think like the whole queen pieces thing you just described in the top 16, I need to have like a lot of prior, I can't like just sit down with someone who doesn't know anything and say, let's play this format. Like I, there's too much previous information that's, I need to that's know. Up to the, that's up to the community to spread that knowledge then, because like you're, you're, you're talking about like the magic thing where you sit down with somebody and say, Hey, I want to play popper. Sure. And most people will know that what that is just because there's such a zeitgeist of, of a community or they say, and then you can say, or you can say, Oh, I don't know what popper is. It's, Oh, it's a deck with only commons. And they'll say, I don't have one right now, but I can build one, come back type of thing but uh so so that's up to people to just spread that knowledge themselves sure that's i don't think that that's our uh that's i don't think that's on us we're just six people oh yeah i mean i'm not really sorry i should be careful with how maybe i am phrasing this incorrectly (laughs) i should be careful with how i'm phrasing it because i'm not like trying to chart i'm not meaning to charge you with that i'm actually just (laughs) more interested like if you're thinking about some of these things because i do think there are good ideas you can borrow from other games and like you know, kind of like you can co-op some of these ideas and turn them into something like Imperial Salt can use these things that were never, you know, for some reason the yeah. game didn't choose to utilize before. Like these ideas are out there and they, we know that they presumably work or, you know, they could yeah. work. No, we're we're taking a lot of inspiration from other games. Like uh, I know Brett, at least, and I are both uh, pretty, pretty good fault. Fo- like we both follow the Mark Rosewater design uh, talks, mm-hmm. which are excellent. Like if anybody's interested in game design, just look up Mark Rosewater. He gave a really good TED talk about it. Uh, and he also had a podcast I used to listen to back in the day where he talks a lot about his design philosophy and uh, which doesn't match up with the design. Like every, not every designer will have the same philosophy, but he talks a lot about like, uh, like you're wanting to work with human psychology to get people to like your game. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is a great, like it, it's just a great way to look at it. And like, obviously it worked. He's been on magic gathering for a long, long time. And the game is still going. That game is, I want to say tw- it's 20 some odd years old. Like the, no other game. I don't think has survived that long with uh, a competitive game has survived that long with such a big following like chess, maybe, but even that has a minor following compared to magic. Right? No, it's crazy. But magic, it's magic crazy. <laughs> magic, yeah, magic is crazy, and it's like a lot of it can be attributed to that design philosophy of working with human psychology and making just a fun game. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't certainly. like I don't like I don't like magic so much anymore because I disagree with some of the design philosophies, and uh, the community can be a bit uh, abrasive sometimes. That's but why like, I just but, that's why I just play online, Jake. <laughs> but it's uh, at its core, it is a very fun game. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, I, so we're taking we're taking like design cues from other games, and but right, uh, but that's again all in the like all in the future. Right now, we're more worried about keeping the game alive through this bad news and uh, getting more units onto the field under the right. current rules. Right, right. Um, do you want to get into the changes now? I, that was the last. That was the last thing I had to bring up about the continuity project or question I had, sort of. 
Right. So I, I think I'll, yeah, just a quick overview is, uh, I don't think I ever finished uh, my description of how the whole process works. So I'm just going to uh, oh, yeah. go ahead. end of this segment. Uh, so the conclusion is, so the way this works and what we want our listeners to do is we want you to go to ia-continuityproject.com and look at the changes. Uh, there is a survey link at the top of the page that uh, where you can tell your uh, responses to the initial changes as well as uh, where you can tell your response to the initial changes. And then uh, we want you to go test as much as you can if you want. We have a few, uh, like I know that there's a community in Portland and then there's a community in Brisbane, uh, I want to say either Brisbane or Melbourne, Australia, uh, that are both like have running tournaments in the IACP system. So like just tell your friends, try to get your local store to work with you or just run tournaments yourself at your local store and say, hey, we're using these changes. Come check it out. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then on that same survey, there are places to fill in what you thought of the units you used. So yes. the way that the way we're using the survey results is we're keeping an eye on those. Uh, very closely, and uh, and then we're going. We're also keeping an eye on any testing reports that are coming in via the forums or the Zion's Finest Slack channel, or uh, feel free to message the Twin Troopers page on Facebook. I keep an eye on that. Yes, uh, and so just anything, any feedback you want to give, and uh, and then at the end of the season of each season, what we're going to do is we're going to send out a final survey to the. Uh, to the community and that says, hey, here's each change. You will vote to either keep it, mm. discard it, or change it. And then if we get majority change, then we'll introduce something into the next season. We'll like uh, change it up and put it into the next season. Yep. And then it'll yep. be cumulative over time where the changes that are decided upon by the community. So this isn't just us six people uh, telling you what to do. It's the community decides what changes stay. Right. So that's uh, that's kind of our philosophy. We want to uh, we want to avoid the problem that FFG had, where they don't talk to their community at all. So we're we're sticking with our very close. Uh, where we we're keeping our ears to the ground. We're engaging with the community. We want people to tell us what they think. I think that is a good idea. You want to hit the changes? You want to look at the changes? Uh. We've been talking for a while. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we uh, end the episode here and do another episode about the actual changes? Oh my God, the greed. Okay. All unless right. you want, unless unless listeners, unless you want, uh, do you think listeners would want to listen to a two-hour episode? I don't know if we're that far yet. I don't think we actually are. <laughs> <laughs> Just feels like it. If, uh, all right, because <laughs> we were talking. Uh, okay. Well, let's do. Let's go through the changes, and then that's where we will call it. Okay. How about that? And then, yeah, talk we about some, that. We had, some other, we had some other ideas, but we can uh, we can come back to those because we're planning on testing this week. So Yes, I have already cleared up my Thursday to test IACP extensively. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, look so, at, let's, uh, let's look at the changes, then we'll call it. It's perfect. All right. Yeah, so oh, uh, the season one timeline will go until July 14th, 2019. So let's go into the changes. One at a time. We'll start with rules changes. So... Mm -hmm. Imperial Cell Continuity Project. So Spectre Cell is not legal for organized play. I, I just want to clarify quick. We are looking at the uh, the chain. What's it titled? If you're looking at IA-ContinuityProject.com. And then on the front page, there is Wave 1 Release Announcement. And that's where all these changes are listed. 
Yeah, and then on the sidebar, it's titled, I think, Latest Season 1 Changes. It's a PDF document, so Season there 1 Changes. A, yeah, there's also a PDF document with all of these, so... Uh, yeah, so e either yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, so just so people know what we're looking at. Yep, so we're looking at rules changes, first change, Spectre Cell. And so, to clarify, I've not tested any of these changes. So basically, I'm going to be just giving an off the, you know, shoot from yeah. the hip response to this stuff. Unfortunately, I have not tested any of these changes either. But I can uh, talk a little bit about, uh, like, that people, if I, any changes that I've read uh, test reports from, I can give their impressions. Right, right. Well... Yeah. So rule changes. Spectre cell banned. Get out of here. Nobody Pro wants you anymore. Probably a good change, at least for now. Uh, I think I, so here's the thing. I think I like the idea of a Spectre cell card. I like the theme. I like incentivizing people to run that group of units together. Yes. All right. So let's start with that. I think right now, though, since that list crowds out so much so many other viable lists i think for now it's good just as like a temporary like we want to see other things get played yes. now presumably the people who are doing this continuity project participating in it are already sick of playing inspector cell so you might have not really needed to because the people who are going to be practicing it are all are who are going to be participating aren't really going to be playing specter cell against each other anyways Right. Spectre Cell, uh, uh, on that survey I was talking about, had a mm -hmm. uh, overwhelmingly positive res uh, response. Yeah, I'll have to look at the survey. I'm, I'm really interested to take the survey because the thing that is not, I guess, covered, obviously, here is like, should Spectre Cell just be gone or should it be changed? And what's, right. a, so what's, the, what's the right thing to do here with it? So the, mm. view, uh, the view of the council, to my uh, to my knowledge, is that uh, we banned it this first season just uh, just to get rid of it uh, because it's a bad influence on the meta. Yep, so agreed. we want to do that and uh, and let people test other things first. And then we are going to try to introduce a fix for it later. Yep. Assuming FFG doesn't do it themselves, in which case we'll, uh, we'll probably just implement that, assuming it's still balanced. Right, right. And I'm just not. We're obviously not very optimistic about that. So yeah, yeah that's that's my initial impression of Spectre Cell. Good, it's a good change. I uh, but I think I would like to see it come back in some way because I like because I think you and I you and I have talked about that something. One of the interesting parts about this game is we like to see a marriage between flavor and mechanics. Yes. So obviously, an incentive to run all those figures together is. It makes sense, right? There, there is right. space for, in a, from a flavor perspective, to run them all together. I'd like to see them. I'd like to see a player be able to say, "I run Kanan and Ezra together, and I'm rewarded for that." Or like, you know, there's some fun flavor thing that I get for doing that. Right, and you already get that with the figures themselves, but that's an entire other conversation. Yep, well, yep. Uh, and maybe you'd ultimately decide that's fine, but you know, so right. interesting thing to revisit. But right now, yeah, it definitely crowds out other stuff so i think that's yes. fine uh next change hunter cards now have the following restriction while performing an attack a maximum of one hunter card can be played during that attack so yeah that this one is interesting uh, i think this causes i like so this is like one of those do you ever have your so yeah obviously you're trying to be a lawyer but you've obviously probably read cases 
where you say, boy, substantively, I agree with the resolution of the case, but the process was wrong. <laughs> or like from a process perspective, it's not, this was unjust. Right. Because like there, it, it looked like the judge someone, just kind of like uh, said, I don't like it, therefore get out of here, even though, it's, yep, even though you think it's the correct result. Yep, yep. That's what this feels close to me like the close that's like the close analogy and come up with is that right this is like a one-off change that is just right only designed for hunter cards only during attacks right and it seems like and I, I think it's a good change now again because right you're trying to figure out how can we solve some obvious problems that we have in the game right i, I think I, this falls into the same category as the specter cell ban where it's super heavy handed from the start, but we can, uh, but we're definitely looking to moderate that. And I yep. think we have some ideas. Uh, so the idea that I personally favor and that a lot of people have uh, said is that just allow one command card during any particular uh, attack phase. So you allow one command card during the, uh, during the declare from each person and one command card during the mods for each person. So you can't, so you avoid the, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to element and tools followed by assassinate and positioning advantage and heightened reflexes. Yep. And I, I think that might, that could make sense. Now, the only issue I have with that so far is that I just haven't really thought that hard about like how many command cards uh, rely on you working in tandem with another command card. I just haven't thought about that. that Not hard. much on the attack spectrum. That's, that's probably true. There's a, uh, the most prominent uh, command card combos are the parting blow combos. And those occur before the attack happens. Mm, right. That's how you get the extra attack, not, yeah. not during the attack. So not a bad change, but I, I, I think it, it'll, I think you're right to search for a rule that is more of a universal, not just like a, a one-off, right? A rule, especially made for hunter cards. Right. So that, uh, again, these are just, uh, these are season one changes. Uh, we were keeping a close eye on community uh, responses to this. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll I'll say this again, but I, now I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I don't want it to come off as I'm like being critical because I completely, I completely appreciate though that, right, you guys are solving problems and that is, di it's difficult to be the person who solves a problem. It's easy to be the person who just reads it and is like, oh, well, that changes a bad process change. Like, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the word Eric, of like, Eric, that's Eric, the word of some people. But <laughs> you are way too nice. You will never be able to uh, to like say things in a meaner way than uh, than other people on the internet have. Oh, oh, great. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So I I just want to say I appreciate people who solve problems like that. That's harder than just finding the problems. Right. Um. Next. Uh, Sorry, I was just gonna keep on rolling. All right. You read. How about you read the changes and then I'll talk a little bit and then we'll uh, have a discussion. Perfect. Command card changes. On the lamb text change, use when an attack targeting you is declared before any attacker abilities to perform a move. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, <laughs> on the lamb, on the lamb has multiple like people have a lot of people agree uh, that on the lamb was broken as is, but a lot of people disagree on what to do about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, there's two abuse cases. For on the lamb, there's two re two primary reasons why people thought it was too good. The first was that if the attacker invested any command cards into the attack, they're just out those resources. They're also out the focus. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, so it was it would go uh, 
attacker declare, play some cards, defender, and then you roll dice. And that brings us to the second abuse case where most smugglers have a white defense die. So because the old way of on the lamb was after rerolls, but before modifications, yep, you yep. do that and you run away. So, so uh, you get to see if you dodge first. Yeah, so so dumb. That's so annoying. <laughs> it really is annoying. So uh, so this attacks both abuse cases. Mm. So the on the lamb text change, it says uh, use before your the attack, like use before any attacker abilities. So that's before the attacker plays any cards. It's like, okay, so before I play tools or element and waste those cards, are you just going to run away and negate the attack? Right, right. Yeah, and that was really... Right. Really, really annoying, let's say. It really is annoying. So that's that's the uh, rules change. Uh, some people were, uh, were, uh, were, let's say, had a negative response to the fact that it created a new timing window. Uh, but On the Lamb already had a unique timing window to itself. So it's just moving that timing window, not making a new one. Yeah, the time... I've, we've always thought this too in Imperial Salt, I think, is that the lack of a very... Now, I think they, they tried to clarify this a little bit, but the lack of really defined timing windows throughout the steps of an attack were a I little... Mean, they're semi-defined, semi but then there were cards that would split a little bit. You know, right. they split, split it a little bit further than what the generic, like, documentation right. Cards showed. like Tough Luck and On the Lamb. Right, yep, yep. So they were a little bit goofy in that sense. Right, so uh, On the Lamb already had a unique timing window of after rerolls before mods mm, so mm, mm, mm. so uh so moving it to a new unique timing window isn't that big of a deal i don't think but uh but we'll see how the community shakes out on the surveys yeah there's a i think this is a perfectly serviceable change i i wonder too how much do you guys think about um the available costs you have for some of these changes so and i say that in the sense of so I'd imagine in this game one potential cost of playing a card. So a card like um, take initiative, right? The built-in cost is you have to, you know, you basically deplete one of your units for that round. Right. Is a cost. Or you could potentially make someone discard a command card. Or you could have someone, I don't know what other costs we could do. We could probably do all or command points, right? Or a potential cost. Uh, maybe, card. maybe have the uh, maybe have the affected figure suffer strain equal to the amount of spaces moved or uh, suffer sure. strain equal to their speed. Yeah, like all, all kinds of interesting things. I, I think this is a perfectly serviceable change. I just, I'll, I'll just say like, it'd be, it, I, I wonder in some ways, because on the lamb, like the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you should, it would be kind of interesting if you had to exhaust another unit because you're basically getting right a free action that right. you normally shouldn't have. So like the equal trade would be, will lose an action from, like lose one of your other actions that you're gonna have, right? You're basically yeah. trading one figure's actions for a new one. That'd be kind that of makes cool. sense. That makes sense from a mechanical standpoint, but I think the best thematic standpoint is a strain cost because you're like, look at like, the smugglers looking over his shoulder and saying, oh shit, that guy's about to shoot me. And so yeah. you get scared and suffer some sort of strain. But but yeah, that's, that, that's something that we, uh, well, uh, that's also something that will be, I think that's also like the big, the big hammer hit. Uh, mm. So the smaller hammer hit would be just moving it uh, when a, an attack is declared against you. So the attacker still loses cards, but you don't get to see whether you roll a dodge. Yep. I, I so think that's, this is, a, that's a possible change as well. But I still think this change is good because yeah, it, it just, it just solves like most of the, 
the most annoying parts of on the lamb. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think, so we're keeping an eye on that. We're keeping an eye on everything. I just keep saying that. So you're doing great. Don't worry about it. You're doing awesome. <laughs> uh, so next section is new cards. Diala Passel skirmish attachment. Passel or Passel? I've been saying Passel all these years. So Passel is our Midwest pronunciation of it. You know? <laughs> um, okay, this card is a zero cost skirmish upgrade. Exile redeemed. So Diala only. So what we're doing is health plus two. You lose Shattering Blow, which Shattering Blow is the discard a command card, remove a defense die, right? Correct. Okay. And then you also gain Surge for plus two damage. Okay, nice change. That's what we'd expect on a figure like her. Yes. Um, next card, Battle Meditation. Before you declare an attack, become focused. Also good for her. And yes. again, I think I'm hoping we see you guys use that as a I guess a flexible fix for some of these figures who are too weak at this moment. Right. Right. Where the, yeah, adding another die without adding an abuse case of, Oh, with focus, they become four dice monsters. Yep. Yep. And then last ability force throw exhaust this card during your activation to choose another small figure within three spaces, push that figure up to two spaces. Then you suffer one strain. Yes. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. I, I like it. It like adds some utility to her, makes her, and you always need to make like I'm, I don't think Imperial Assault has ever really been a game where pure utility figures do very well, especially no, you need to have a well, especially if they're especially if in the seven point range, right? Like that's sorry, you can't be a utility figure. So adding utility to some of these like Rebel heroes is good. Sorry, I'm supposed to let you talk first. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the design change here was that uh, well, we just want. So the once we get into the rebel point changes, which I think we should uh, skip down to them first, uh, yep. since we're just starting with the Allah here. Uh, so the point with the, the rebel point changes is we hit the uh, we hit a lot of the force users pretty yep. hard. So we want to make rebel force users a thing. Sounds so this awesome. uh, this so uh, most of them are just overcosted, but the Allah was not good. Just like you like to bring her cost down to where she's fair would be is really difficult because she has uh low health but a and a bad attack but some powerful abilities yeah an insane so, ability and shattering blow and what is it foresight is that what that's called yeah, she or? gets to re-roll her white defense die yeah insanely good right so we wanted to do something and also add utility where the force throw is a great addition to melee centric jedi lists where uh, the big problem with uh, melee figures is that you can't get to people if they don't right. want you to get to them. Right. So using having force throw, she can drag people out into the open where her other Jedi buddies can get at them. And yeah. it also enables parting blow because Diala is a brawler, as is Jedi Luke. So you get some uh, brawler synergy there to enable parting blows. Or mm. it also easily enables pummels. Yeah, I like that. I like this change. I mean, it's fun. It's not too, it doesn't sound like, cause she seems to be just very in line with a lot of her contemporaries kind of in that point space and right. probably, and probably still not like the best in her point space, but it's pretty good. Right. So absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I like it a lot and it actually gives me it, you know, it actually gives me a lot of optimism about some of the changes you'll be able to do to some of these hero figures, because it doesn't seem like actually you have to do a lot of work to them. They're like gonna, you can, you can like make some changes and they're probably not going to be overpowered for the most part. If you do something along these lines, right? It's pretty, pretty good. Plus it's just fun to have more figures. You know, you know how it is. 
I do know how it is. Uh, speaking um, of having more figures, uh, yeah. So Exile Redeemed, we're keeping an eye on her for parting blow shenaniganry, but I don't think I've seen that there's anything really mm. overpowered with her yet. So, right. so we'll. Uh, but we're keeping an eye on her. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you want to hop down to the Rebel deployment cards changes, yes, and then just move up the move up the document into Scum, then Imperial, which uh, Imperials were a lot of my babies. So I want to cover those last. Sounds good. Do you? Uh, why don't you run through these and tell me what you run? You you read off each change, and I'll then we can yeah. just talk about them as you go through. So okay. start with start with the top one here. All right, Sabine Wren, cost increased to eight. Um, well, I, I don't agree, but go ahead. <laughs> Say what you will, young man. So the, uh, so the justification there is that she, uh, with her free grenade and decent attack and hunter trait, that she was doing a lot of work in uh, being tempted into scumless, as well as being a strong addition to uh, rebel heroes. So some people thought that she was overpowered. That might be that might be true. I just I, I guess like so. Here's my criticism: is not necessarily that the cost increase to eight is wrong, but more that I think it's still debatable if she's too good at seven or eight, considering that a lot of her success, I'm assuming up to this point, was mostly Specter Cell. Yes, she also had a good amount of success in Scum VP list because of her command card, Rebel Graffiti, which. Right. Is that you use at the end of your activation if you're not next to anybody to uh, spray paint a little bit and get two victory points. And then if you're Sabine, you put it back in your hand. Otherwise, it's just any rebel figure. Yep. So that's insanely good. But like for this change, I would say I, I'm not that convinced that eight over seven is like that she should be eight versus seven. Uh, with that in mind, if you're trying to be Right, because you're this. You and I had this discussion, but you guys are not going to be print. You don't want people to have to print out custom cards if they don't have to, and to kind of make this change where I don't. It's not very obvious that eight versus seven is right. I feel like I would have just been more conservative and said, "Let's just see how she pans out in the post, you know, Specter Cell gone change and see what happens with her at right. this point." Yeah. I mean, that still might happen, your, your right? Feedback. Your feedback is noted and agreed with. <laughs> That's fine. It's not. A, it's not that big of a deal. But <laughs> yeah, Kane uh, and Jaris reduced to seven. Seems fine. You're just trying to. It's. I get the impression that you're. You're just trying to make space them up because obviously you want to. Since Specter sells different, we want to see probably some price reduction in these fools, huh? Yeah, uh, I think that's been the biggest problem with that entire Lethal box is that the is that with the exception of Sabine, everybody was overcosted for what they did. Mm, so yep. you wanted yep. to bring them down, so they need to be reduced in the absence of Specter Cell. Yep, yep. Uh, next, a Sultano reduced to seven. Seems so that's just keeping up with that uh, Force user thing. Sorry. Nope, seems totally fine. Sorry, keep going. Uh, yeah, uh, both of those have had no abuse cases yet in the testing that I've seen. So I don't think that there's anything nasty going on with those. But we're mm. we're keeping a close eye on it. Yeah, uh, Luke yep. Skywalker, Jedi Knight, reduced to eleven. Seems like a pretty conservative change. That seems good. Seems totally fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess as uh, somebody who really likes Jedi Luke, I I thought he was fine where he's at. So cheaper Luke is great. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. that. He probably is somewhat. Well, I don't know. Eleven's still pretty. Yeah, well, eleven for sixteen health with two attacks seems 
So yeah, we're yeah. I I think that's a I think that's a fair change. Uh, if we were using half points, I think eleven five would be fine for him. But yeah, yep. Seems but fine. Uh, Luke Skywalker, hero of the rebellion. Uh, Farmer Luke reduced to nine. Yeah, this is probably the first one that I think like uh, he could probably go lower yet. I don't I, know yet. Use that's, you. That's been the initial testing results as well. Is that he's still not worth it at nine? Yeah, he's a little. Uh, after you use him, like his three dice attack is really underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Blue ring yellow I, is not a, it's not the best pool. Yeah. I think I used him. I remember trying him for a while and it was, I was just like, Oh God, I can't do anything with yeah, this guy. He did, he did work back in the wonder twin days, but that was yep. also back when your primary opponents were Banthas and stormtroopers, both of which a blue green yellow with a plus two surge is pretty good against. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, next. Kotun Farallo, uh, our Syrian friend, reduced mm. to six. I mean, based on what you're doing, it seems fine. I don't. I actually don't. I didn't think Kotun was actually all that unfair at seven either. So, uh, I think that she was not worth her points at seven. I Maybe. still am unconvinced that she's worth her points at six, but I need to test that and read other test results to uh, to confirm that. Interesting. Also, I'll think about trying Kotun. Like six, six for, like, she only has nine health uh, behind a black die. Yeah. So I think that even at, like, at six, she becomes kind of a uh, a Thrawn, uh, like, Thrawn equivalent. And, you, mm. and Thrawn, I think, is still just flat better than her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, I guess and you're I, probably... I don't think anybody disagrees that, th- I, I think everybody agrees that Thrawn is pretty balanced where he is. Yeah. I think my only thought was that she offers like she's such a tech in choice because she's like the dodge remover person. Yeah, she's the dodge remover. She helps out uh, her buddies like she like the initial results show like the initial results on this chain show that she's a pretty good match with uh, with Rangers. Yeah, nope, she's pretty. I, I always liked her as a unit. So but yeah, yeah, six is six is fine. I don't I don't think it drastically if you weren't inclined to take her at seven. I don't know if you'd be inclined to take her at six, but. Right, so, that's, so that's kind of where I'm at. Is I had not very interested in using her at six either, but uh, but then again, I never was interested in using her at seven. So, although I shouldn't complain too much, though, because I have always complained that I always thought the five six cost space was underutilized in this game. There were not a lot of five and six costers worth. No, taking. there isn't. Uh, Leia, or- go ahead. Oh, I'm, I was just saying, good to see her in that space. So go ahead, Leia. Yeah. Leia Organa reduced to seven. Um, could be good. I don't know. She was not very, she was too fragile at eight, obviously. Obviously. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're cautious with her because of the fact that she can so easily get extra attacks out of your better figures. Yeah, that's, that's dicey, right? That's scary. Yeah, so she, she has an ability to uh, order, like, attack somebody and then have one of her buddies attack them. So yep. she can, she is a stealth glass cannon. Yeah, she is a. I wonder what you could do it now. I think it would be interesting if she could just order. Maybe this is, would not be very good, but if she could, if she only could order an attack from someone else, that would be kind of fascinating to me. Uh, that would, well, then she would have to drop way lower. That's well, and that that would be my pitch, and then you would make her like a four or a five cost figure, and be like, okay, now she's going way low, and she's like a pure entering the pure support realm instead of the uh, like seven cost have to be a fighter realm. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's it's an change. interesting spot, but I don't play Rebels enough to like say whether or not this is good or not. Well, boy, and we haven't played. I haven't played Leia in ages, so 
who knows? I don't think I've played Leia ever. I will be interested. You know what? I might try it. Maybe I'll put together a list that has Leia in it. Yeah, definitely worth checking out at least. Elite Wookiee Warriors. Cost Hello. reduced to nine with five reinforcement cost. Boy, so they're not going to get played at nine. That's it. Uh, That's they actually have been getting played at nine, and they're really good objective runners because you're spending nine for 26 health on the board. Yeah, I don't know. Do games get won or lost on objectives these days? Um, can I still can I just still blow you out of the water? I don't know. You might be right. You could be right. I. It's another. Yeah, they, they don't hit very well unless focused or until they have their fury activated. Where if they've taken five or more damage, they get a free surge. Yeah, it's a, it's another unit where I just haven't because I've just basically never seen them played. I just have no reference. They're to. slow and have a yeah. and have a pretty weak attack. They yep. just their biggest thing is that they are beef. Yep, they are yep. beefy beefy boys. Um, next down here we got elite echo base troopers. Cost reduced to seven four, which we've Great. gotten nothing. I, I think we've gotten mostly good feedback about that, and I think that's a pretty fair, especially when you're comparing them to the jets. Yeah, in, in uh, jets or weak ways, I think that's a pretty fair cost and puts them into a similar point range that we where we want them to be. Yep, I think that's exactly right. I think they're exactly where they should be. Yeah, elite rebel troopers cost reduced to seven three. Yeah. Um... Maybe, I don't think maybe they're going to play. No, I don't think so either. I, you almost need to rework the entire. You should almost, in some ways, pick like what are we going to do with rebel troopers, wing guards, and uh, stormtroopers? Like, is there some right. change that needs to be made all around to those groups that make them? Because essentially, it's kind of fun what you did here, or what I think you've done here is elite echo base troopers now are the contemporaries of like weakways and jet troopers. Yes. Right. They're they're all kind of I, I want to have this tier. Well, in a way, right, I want every faction to have access to this style of gameplay if they want, right? So right. a tank, so, a tanky kind of like battler, echo base troopers, jet troopers, whatever. And then I want a tanky objective runner with a lot of health. So it's you know, elite Wookiee warriors and Gamorrean guards and, you know, who, and I don't know. All, all those bros. And the riot troopers, right? Every faction should be able, if they want to play, if you want to play that style of game in Rebels, you should be, have the tools to play that style in Rebels. Absolutely. And we're back. And so we're coming back to the mercenary deployment cost changes. Jake, you want to start us off here? Absolutely. So yeah. elite Gamorrean guard, uh, fancy that we were just talking about them, mm -hmm. cost reduced to seven and four. Completely fine. That's good. Yeah. So that's in that's basically bring them into line with uh, riot troopers and the elite echo base troopers. Yep, I think that's good. And uh, so the mercenary deployment changes. So the overall goal of the mercenary changes is to bring scum brawlers and creatures closer to the front. Mm, yep, I like that. I like that. So uh, since those guys overlap so much anyway, because most creatures are brawlers, uh, so we're just having fun with that. Uh, so in that vein, we have Rancor, cost reduced to nine. Yeah, I like that. I, I think when you and I talked about this initially, I was inclined to say that it should be even cheaper, but it gets gets a little dicey with the two black dice, you know? Haha, -ha, dicey. Yeah, 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 I did that. <laughs> it gets it, It's dangerous, I suppose, but at the same time, it's like, I suppose anyone who's had their Rancor like just killed in a single Ranger activation is... If you're like me, you're like, God, nine's too expensive still. Oh, God. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the, uh, yeah. So it basically comes down to don't get paired up against Rangers. 
yeah yeah it's yeah it's not a I, I don't think that that one scenario should justify it but nine is a fine change for now i think it's a yeah and uh and initial results have been pretty positive about that it it uh like it's not busted it's not over and it's not like really weak either so yep yep so i think i think that's a good place to have him uh we'll have to uh what i think we should do is we should talk to patrick who is the resident rancor keeper in the twin cities and Mm -hmm. i think probably in the world uh that guy plays a lot of rancors he's played a lot of rancor yeah so inspiration an absolute inspiration that man is a good (laughs) good man i don't know if he even listens maybe someday he will again all right Shyla Barad, cost reduced to seven. Uh, yep, I think it's very conservative change in line with all the other changes. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I think like so she like saw a fair amount of play at first, but she doesn't see play so much anymore. So right. we just wanted to, uh, and since she fit in with the whole brawler thing, we decided to just keep her there. And then uh, what we want is to see is we want to see her playing more with her whip, which is uh, which then enables parting blow enables uh, and just enables more positional play. So it's kind of the same thing that we were doing with Diala. It is very yep. difficult to have her and Diala in the same list, thankfully, <laughs> because the Diala upgrade is rebel only. So if you see, so you can't temp alliance a fixed Diala, mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. the same way you can't temp alliance a fixed Han into, uh, into scum hunters, which would be really good. Right. Right. Uh, so, which brings us uh, more brawlers. Mall cost reduced to six. Woo, yeah, my boy. I'm I'm happy to see him that low. I still worry that I don't know what is wrong with him. I just don't know. It always feels like. Did it ever feel to you like he just never hits hard enough? That's hard as kind of where I. That's kind of where I always came out as. It's like like he, he has a like he when he rolls well, he's uh, he's uh, beastly. But uh, but you have to like again roll well he doesn't have a surge for plus damage he just has the surge for pierce three and then the surge to move a little bit right right so in some you know i'm happy to see his points loss i think it'd be interesting in the future to see like because he it feels like a flavor mismatch in some ways what they did with him it's like i feel like he should hit harder than he does but maybe i'm thinking of episode one mall and not rebels mall yeah yeah it's based on the rebels mall uh uh like yeah, Rebels Maul was more of a uh, quiet, like he's a lot quieter, a lot, uh, a lot more subtle. Yeah, he's a not skull. very subtle, but uh, but he's <laughs> more subtle than Clone Wars and Episode One Maul, at least. Definitely. So maybe maybe this is fine, but it'd be interesting to uh, that'd be kind of an interesting upgrade to him. Like you could make one that actually costs more points, and it's it's like your temp, you're bringing in the Episode One Maul or something like. A different right than him and he's like eight points and he gets a search for plus two and does other dumb stuff i don't know right so that's, if that's we cool. ever get around to a clone wars expansion we'll have a more offensively focused mall yeah so it'd be kind of like the change between uh the more supporty jedi luke or farmer mm-hmm. luke and then the big hitter uh jedi luke jedi luke yep we got one more here elite wing guards eh yep whatever cost reduced <laughs> two seven three which yeah yep. We should, I, I, you brought this up to me, but, and it'll come up in Imperials, I suppose, too. But the problem with all these, the wing guards, stormtroopers, and uh, rebel troopers, uh, rebel troopers, is that they just aren't going to hit hard enough. No, they don't. So we're reduced cost. 
Yeah, we're workshopping things to do about that. Uh, I think the Elite Wing Guards is actually the most interesting one because it can be used to uh, enable strain lists more. Yep, that is neat. So they're, they're pretty good in that way. Uh, if if we were to fix both them and the Trando Hunters, I think a strain list would be entirely viable. And maybe there is something interesting here where it's like, maybe these figures should all be, maybe each group, deployment group, should get some kind of... um. What, what am I like support ability that goes along with their card and that that's why you bring them instead of bringing them for the damage. Cause right now it's like they all occupy a space that there's no need. They don't, they don't, they don't do, what am I trying to say? They have no function, right? You would never bring probably elite stormtroopers over elite jets, even with like three figures to two, cause the damage just isn't good enough. So they're like competing for the same point cost space and they are supposed to do kind of the same thing, but they can't do it as well as their competitors. So they just, there's not like a reason to play them really. Interesting. Yeah, you know, a future yeah. problem, a future problem, but. Exactly, a future problem. So we'll get those figured out someday, maybe. That's just worth thinking. I mean, it's just fun to think about, right? You have so much creative, like creative space in this area. So it's super fun to think about. Right. So wow. now we get to my uh, my bread and butter, uh, my gold. favorite guys here. The Imperial deployment cost changes. For sure. So the uh, the method to our madness here was uh, you and I have talked pretty extensively about the droid or yeah the droid vehicle heavy weapon triad and how they have a lot of uh, command cards in common. Yep. Yep. And, sure. uh, and then so we uh, brought down a bunch of imperial droids. We're also uh, we're also trying to merge the droid uh, like the mechanical traits and the trooper trait. Uh, so mm. these changes are meant to work with jet troopers as kind of the glue. Interesting. Uh, yep, so, I think that's fine. So yeah, we're uh, so let's just uh, go down the line here. BT one cost reduced to five. Seems fine. I don't know if it's low enough. Probably low enough. I don't. At four, I he'd be pretty darn good. But at four, he'd be ten health with a huge attack. That's too good. Yeah, this might be actually just perfect. Five is probably perfect for him. Yeah. So five, like five. That way, like he. So his biggest problem was that he dropped like a rock before you got to do much with him. So yeah, uh, so this doesn't really fix that problem so much, but uh, but with conservative play and the price drops on other droid and heavy weapon, another yeah another droid units means that it'd be easier to bring them into a droid focus list. And hold on, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit here. Hello, just give it a second. You're a uh, talk. Hi, hello. Can you hear me? Okay, you're good. We just we had a little bit of the uh, the interruption that it gets sometimes on Google Chat, so. Yep, we we didn't literally lose anything you said, but all right, good. Uh, yeah, BT one, BT one at five. So that makes him makes easier to uh, bring him into droid lists in Imperial and in Scum. Yep, I think it's a good change. Yeah, good change, and uh, I think I'd be interested to see at this price point if he sees any use in uh, Scum Hunter lists because you're already bringing Elite Jaw most of the time anyway. Yep, I forgot he's a hunter too. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Hunter, Heavy Weapon, Droid, so he just has all sorts of fun traits. Yep. Um, Elite Stormtrooper. Elite Stormtrooper, reduced to 7-3. So same as the other troopers. Uh, Again, we're keeping an eye on these guys to see if they're still not doing enough damage, which is my initial read on the situation. Right. Uh, but, uh, But with their ability to focus themselves, maybe there's something there. But I think I think the point changes mm. uh, specifically hit these guys really hard because you're scoring three points each 
Uh, so you're scoring nine by the end or 12 or 15 if you use reinforcements. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see him getting played over the other stuff. So that'll be just some an interesting. It's like we talked about for the other ones. It's a problem. It's a problem space that is worth thinking about, but not right, a I'm, not a huge. Not a huge issue. Yeah, I'm going to skip over the next thing on the list and save it for last because it's my favorite. Uh, All right, and I think the rest of these, the rest of these, we don't need to spend a ton of time on. So right, elite sentry droids cost reduced to nine five. Good change. Yeah, I, I think that's a good change, but uh, there have been some results coming in of that makes them way too easy to bring into scum. So we're yep. watching that. We might need to do something like Imperial only or something like that. We'll we'll see. Yep. Uh, so like maybe like just off the top of my head, maybe say like Imperial programming. This unit cannot can only be used in uh, Imperial lists or something. But that's off the top of my head. That's uh, that's a future problem. At this point, yep, but I, yep. I think that they didn't accomplish as much as you want them to at, at 10 mm. total cost. So hopefully yep, the cost reduced to nine, uh, especially when yep. combined with elite probe droid cost reduced to four. Yeah, this I actually think might be almost too good. I don't know. We'll see. I disagree but because like pro droid, yeah, maybe, were, maybe not. elite probes were pretty good at five, but like they were decent, but like they were. They felt fair in a game where you don't play the fair units, you play the powerful units. Yep, yep, for sure. So I think so. Maybe may won't be. I just know that they're they're not that bad of a card, really. They never were that bad. They. I just think that five was an awkward cost for them back in the day. Five, yeah, five was an awkward cost. And yeah, uh, five was an awkward cost. But four might be the sweet spot. Right. So with their blue, yellow, yellow with a reroll. And they have excellent surges, pierce two, plus two, recover two. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's good. And then uh, I don't think I've ever seen a self-destruct used in uh, used in the skirmish game. Yeah, no, neither have I. That'd be, that'd be an interesting way to... Is there anything you can incentivize people to do? Uh, uh, if last we bring, card. If we, bring, uh, if we bring Royal Guard Champion down, then that might be a fun way to trigger his ability. Yeah, he's a hard. He'll be a hard one to hard. He's a hard problem to solve. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I have, I have ideas, but we'll figure it out in the future. Grand Inquisitor cost reduced to seven. This is one. Of, this may be my favorite change. I've wanted the Inquisitor to work. I've made so many lists where I tried the Inquisitor. I was so excited about him, but never got him to really work out. Yep. So I I, I actually like this change for him because because uh, he only has the plus one damage surge, so he's not doing enough damage. Off of a yeah, no, he's up. off a of red, green, yellow to uh, to justify his nine points. But yeah, he's think, always been underwhelming to me, sadly. Yeah, so I think that uh, at seven, uh, it's a lot easier to use him in a Sith Lord's list if you want to temp in Maul mm -hmm. or use uh, use him with Vader and Palpatine. So yeah. uh, there haven't been like nobody's said that he's overpowered. And I think I think that he that's about where he is fair at. Yeah, we'll see. If any, good, he has a good health bar. Oh yeah, his health is insane. But yeah, if anything, I'm I'm inclined to think that he should be a sixer as well. But that'll be interesting. Uh, to see. That seems like 15 health with a defensive bonus at six seems yeah, it's, good. It is. It would be really good, especially since I, I, we can I, uh, get rid of dodges. I, right now, in the, when I'm looking at this list, I'm still just trying to imagine, though, is he worse than... How close is he at 7 to... Maul? We have Maul at 6. And I'm like, 
I still, if I had to choose one, temp. Right, but I, I guess comparing them, like, you know, like value for value, I still don't know if I would if Inquisitor is even as good as Maul, like at these point costs. He's probably worse. Uh, yeah, I'd have to. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's really it, that that really is a close call. Uh, so my uh, my red lightsaber loving heart says ideally both. Mm, right. Yep. But if I have to choose one or the other, that'd be a really tough decision. It would depend on what I like would expect to go up against. Uh, whether if I expect to go up against a lot of white dice, then I'd take Inquisitor just for his deadly surge. But uh, but Maul it, with his ability to finish units with his cleave two, reach cleave two, yeah, good. I think I would just be interested in seeing some kind of change to the lightsaber throw, which has always been pretty underwhelming in my experience. Right. Yeah, the lightsaber throw I think is really like it, it's a cool idea and really fits with what he did on the show, but uh, but he doesn't. Uh, but it doesn't really work mechanically. Yeah, too expensive to give up the extra die. It's normally normally it's never worth it to give up the die. The right. Maybe die. like a, the main. Problem. Yeah, maybe just make that his ordinary thing, where like just give him a ranged attack type and plus two accuracy. Cool. Yeah, that might be kind of cool. Either way, future problem. I'm gonna try. I'll probably try him this Thursday. I lo- I love the Inquisitor so. Yeah, no, Inquisitor um, is something like... I want to test, but what I want to test before that is, drumroll please, say it. Yep, our last one here. Uh, Kane Somos, cost reduced to six. You're a madman, you're a maniac. We're madmen and maniacs, but we love it. It could be all right. I'm a, uh, because Kane has a pretty good health pool, has well, a really yeah. strong ability, has a really strong ability. Yes. So this at this um, cost, he is meant to be a seven cost figure with because you're taking it with advanced comp system. Yep. And I think you and I, I can't remember if you and I talked about this, but I know a problem I always had with Kane was that it's hard to give up because to, and maybe with advanced comp you don't need to worry about this, but it's definitely hard to move and then use your action to give other right give up your own attack. Right? It was always like an issue. Right. Of that there's a too much. There's like too many. There's too many actions he needs and he can't he can't use his ability yeah or he can't attack he like was able to have like a free move or something then he'd be real good but now the interesting thing is this actually uh calls back to what i what we were talking about for leia is that right kane is now a six cost figure who maybe your intent always is to just use his action to uh get give free attacks to people like that's just yeah, what yeah. he does yeah and this he makes it uh, command card also a lot more viable just because of the fact that you can bring him in the list because his command card is one of the best in the game I think. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Uh, his command card for those listening is Rally the Troops at three cost. Kane Somos only uh, with action ready in a trooper unit within three spaces. Mm, right, right. Pretty good stuff. He, uh, yeah, I, so, I like this change. I, I think it's worth looking really hard at these figures that have that their main value is as a support and trying to bring them into the five, six range versus the seven, eight, yeah. nine range. It's been pointed out that it, at this price point, he can combo with death troopers, which could run into some really uh, some stuff where you get a lot of attacks in a row where it's like death trooper attacks chain into uh, chain into Kane, who then orders that death trooper and some other trooper to attack. Yeah, that is actually pretty easy. And, to you pull could, off. and then that also is a very strengths and numberable uh, thing as well. 
Yeah, interesting. So yeah, that actually might be a problem, but that still sounds cool to me. If it's not too good, because I don't think most people. But you're also no. like in that kind in a list that it would enable that where it's like death trooper into Kane into strength and numbers, maybe into another death trooper into something else. Mm-hmm. But all the attacks you're getting out of that are mid tier. Yep. Yeah. So maybe that's the saving grace there is that it's actually not. It's not a none of the attacks are below someone out of the water attack. So maybe it's an okay combo to do. And that maybe that's actually what makes it viable. But like that would be a game winning combo, but it's uh but it's not like we're wiping the entire list. You're probably wiping two, three units if you're lucky. Right, right. Interesting. Still a big swing, but you're uh expending a lot of resources to do it. I should probably we should probably make a Kane Somos list and try and make the list that would be most abusive with it. You really that's, should. Uh, should really what I want to do out. for uh, that's kind of what I do want to do for Thursday. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> Inquisitor just dies in one activation. No, <laughs> not like this. <laughs> he needs to be five points. He needs to be four points. Inquisitor at four. <laughs> just oh, oh, so good. Well, Jake, we've been going on and on. I think it's time for us to uh, call this one. I think that's a good place to call it. Uh, I just wanted to point out one more thing is a lot of people are afraid that with Hunters getting nerfed and no Spectre Cell, that Vader will become uh, powerful. So uh, mm. everywhere, everybody out there who can uh, play more Vader, uh, in, play Vader in this and tell, let us know if he's too good. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that Vader will be interesting too, especially with some of the changes to uh, some of the other units. It's like, what other... Because Vader is still good. And now can I fold in some of these other not these other units to really make him insane, make that list insane? Absolutely. So that's, we're that's the hard part. Yeah, we'll uh, so yeah, we'll be we'll you you guys are obviously watching it. You're paying attention. So we are always watching. <laughs> um so yeah, Jake, we'll be testing this out this week, and then I don't know, we can plan on doing another episode next week where we kind of talk about this and then maybe we'll go through the go through the survey after we have some testing in. Absolutely. That sounds like a good time, and uh hopefully our listeners enjoy it. Uh hopefully our listeners also enjoy this episode that will come out to at least an hour and a half. Yes, excellent. Uh so yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, I think we out. We are out. See you, Jake. See ya. Bye.